This is BFF, but first, Faith. Hello everyone, it is Matilda. It's Steph, happy Monday. I'm in such a good mood right now, I just Are feel you? so energized. Oh my gosh, okay, fun fact that just occurred. So Matilda is considering, or has expressed to me her, her desire to revamp our channel, Primers 3.0 essentially is what's happening here. So she just gave me this like full on presentation, with, like, <laughs> like a Google Slides presentation on why we should start our channel again. And literally, I kid you guys not, that was like the best presentation I've ever seen. And I am sold. I'm ready. Ready to roll. Primrose 3.0. Stay tuned. Back in action. <laughs> yes. Steph had me dress in business attire and it was projected on our TV and I had heels on. It was like a full on um, presentation. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, all right. Let's hop into the challenge. So last week we talked about people pleasing and going out of your comfort zone just to, you know, be different and express different opinions that you may have from other people. So what did you do this past week? I, as you know, I had a party with my company. We went on a yacht this Friday and we all, it was just like a fun company event, but I don't know anybody. It's, I mean, that's kind of an exaggeration. I know of some people, but I don't have friends yet. And I just went up to these girls and introduced myself and then we hit it off and I like specifically asked for their numbers. I was like, we're going to hang out. And I reached out to them afterwards. No and way. so I was really trying to make friends. I'm so impressed. Yeah, it's hard because with work stuff, especially starting off, it's like, you know, these people in these faces and you talk to them in the work environment. But it's just weird breaking that boundary, you know what I mean? And starting exactly. to ask about their personal lives because especially if they're a senior to you in the job, it's like, I don't know, how personal can I go? Like, can I tell <laughs> you about my boyfriend or is that weird because you're my boss? Like, stuff like that. Yeah. So. And my job's also bigger. Like, my company's pretty big versus yours is a smaller environment. And so there's so many people that I've never met before. Okay, what is it that you did? So, this is stupid, but... I just have such a hard time going out of my comfort zone. But this week we went to the nail salon. We got acrylic gel nails, which is legitimately my guilty pleasure. Probably one of my favorite things <laughs> in the world. Like, do you guys hear this? <laughs> Some SM- ASMR. <laughs> Why did I just say SMR? ASMR. Acrylic nails. Um, I love them. Anyway, so they were doing my nails and normally I just let them do whatever the heck they want. Like I'm way too nervous to speak up. But I specifically asked her in three instances to make them shorter because they were still too long for me. And not going to lie, they're still a little bit too long. And I was like, all right, third time, I'm done asking. But normally I would never ask them for any (laughs) requests. And I did that and I'm proud of myself and it's the stupidest thing ever. But I'm proud of you. If that, um, I was going to say, that's like, you could have asked more, but no, (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I feel like if that's, if that's your way of stepping outside your comfort zone, then it counts. It is you know? Matilda. This week I'm going to do something else. Extra. We're getting comfort. there. No, yes. that's good. This week I wanted to mix it up because, you know, we do our highs and lows every week, but I thought we would do a little Q&A. Are you down for that? I'm so excited. Okay. So I wrote out just like some random questions so you guys can get to know us better. Um, all right. Shall I hit you with the first question? Hit me. Number one, what is your favorite item at Trader Joe's? Oh, no time to think about this. Bomba, hands down. Oh my gosh. um, They're called peanut snacks, I guess. One of my friends was just like, what is that? And I told her the only reason that I would have gotten it is because Steph recommended it, but the bag is not appealing. Like I never would have grabbed it off the shelf. Yeah, they're like cheese puff texture and appearance but they taste like peanut butter exactly they're so good and they're 99 cents for an entire bag mm-hmm. and oof, bomba just hits home <laughs> my favorite at trader joe's we just sampled the pancake bread 
Holy cow, you guys. Yum. Like, I don't know if you know this. I think we may have mentioned this in the podcast, but you can sample anything you want at Trader Joe's if you just ask a person. So there was a guy near us and we were like, oh, pancake bread sounds so good right now. And he was like, oh, do you guys want to try? And I was like, yeah. So had that. Also, their frozen mango, the non-organic kind. I don't know why the organic one sucks, but if you eat it frozen, it just like... Mm, it's Wait, so good. Steph, when we go to Trader Joe's later tonight, can we get pancake bread sample again? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, next question. What is your hidden talent or just a talent they might not know about? Do I have a hidden talent? Um, Let's see. Oh, I have a very good sense of direction. So that is true. Um, if I'm driving, if I'm walking, whatever the case is, I can always find my way back. Like I just, I just know where I am. Yeah, Matilda is like legit Lewis and Clark. I don't understand. It's <laughs> like you have an internal compass that is so good. And I just was not born with that. So it's quite impressive. What is yours? Um, for me, I don't know if it's like hidden, but you guys might not know this. I've been playing piano since I was five or something. And the other day I was at LAX flying to Ireland and there was just a piano open and we got there so early. So I started playing. That's so And then cool. this couple came up and listened to me. And after I finished the song, they were like, that was lovely. Thank you so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I've made it. <laughs> if you, you guys definitely don't know this, but Steph is actually incredible at piano. Like she'll um, be able to play even a popular song. Like I'm trying to think what you were playing. Um, what's that one song that you learned that we used to be, Tay and you and I were obsessed with? Oh, I've been learning some Khalid songs. I think it was something by Khalid. Oh, I forget yeah, which yeah. one. But. but it's just so, she's so low-key about it, but it's really, really good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Speaking of songs, what's your guilty pleasure song right now? Oh, my God. Well, since Taylor Swift just came out with Lover, I am obsessed with Paper Rings, and I feel like everybody else hates it. And yeah, what? That's legit one. the worst song. It is so good. I think it's one of my favorites. Interesting. My Guilty Pleasure song has been around for a super long time. It's You and I by Lady Gaga. Oh, really? It's like a ballad, and I legit, if I'm in the car <laughs> at night and just have that playing, I will belt out that song, and I'm probably the worst singer in the world, so it's not fun to listen <laughs> to. Not true. Oh, my gosh. So good. So that's my Guilty Pleasure. Um, next up, your unpopular opinion. Just any opinion that oh people gosh, disagree I'm with. I'm really going to – you guys are all going to hate me shortly. Um, I am not a fan of dogs. I am not a big animal lover. So that's my unpopular opinion. I swear I have a heart. I swear I'm not <laughs> evil. But, yeah, not a huge fan. Yeah, that blows my mind. Like, I get animals, but dogs specifically. It's not that I hate them. I could go on about this forever, but I just, like – I don't get super excited about them versus other people who, like, freak out. Yeah, yeah. My unpopular opinion, I don't love watching movies. I've gotten a lot better at it recently, but I just get so bored. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I like going to the movie theater, but just at home, movies that are especially old movies or black and white movies, I just can't. Like, I seriously cannot watch them. I get so bored. Yeah, you're such not an oldies kind of girl with movies. And right. like... If it's anything past, like, 2014, or anything before 2014, it mm-hmm. seems so old for you. Absolutely. Okay, last question in this little Q&A is your most embarrassing moment. Oh, I have so many, and I feel like I always use the same ones, but... Um, yeah, it's hard, because, like, so much stuff happens, but I can't keep exactly. track. <laughs> I know, I know. When I worked at Chipotle, this just randomly came to mind, is... This guy, um, I was serving him food, and he was telling me this really dramatic story, and I was just, like, gasping, and my mouth was opening, and I was, like, really trying to be reactive to the story. What was and he then telling you? <laughs> it was, like, something, it was about a movie or something he watched, like, some documentary, and I was okay, like, oh okay. my god, oh my god, how cool. And so, then I take his bowl as I'm listening, because I was so distracted, I flip it 
like literally onto the table so the bowl all the guac smears everywhere and it like flies <laughs> upside down and everybody just stared at me and it was pretty like on the prep table the counter or like at his actual table where he was eating not his ta- it was like next to the cashier um, okay, okay. area but it was literally like almost on top of him like right <laughs> where he was about to grab it that's bad did he say anything or was he chill? um he was kind of laugh like everybody was just kind of laughing but i mean he was like really nice about it but i was still humiliated Good. yeah what about my you my embarrassing moment this happened i went abroad to germany last summer and i gone out with some friends we gotten a couple of drinks but like i was not drunk i'm just prefacing with this like this is just me and my natural habitat i had like one drink and then was at this place and just being stupid like i wasn't even looking so we went to the shawarma place which are mediterranean wraps i think yeah so essentially i was standing in the shop and i could have sworn to you that behind me there was a glass wall like i thought there was a window or a wall or something that you know you could see the road from through this glass wall (laughs) so i went and i was facing the food or the counter where they were prepping the food and then i leaned back to this said wall that turns out did not exist (laughs) and so i lean back and i fall out of the freaking restaurant and i land in the middle of the street in germany (laughs) and i'm like i had gotten my wraps i was like holding the wrap and it was the only thing that i saved i like landed on my back thudded on the ground and i shattered all these flower pots that they had outside like i kicked them and my friends were dying and they were like are you okay like how much did you have to drink and i was like literally this is just me being myself like i'm the clumsiest person ever And every time, because our classrooms were on that same street, every time I'd pass that shawarma restaurant, the guys would, like, point at me and laugh from inside the restaurant. And I was like, what's up? (laughs) You've definitely told me that story. That is too funny. I feel like that would hurt so bad, Yes, it was painful. But I just was laughing for, like, 40 minutes. So it was good. Um, All right, so just switching gears into our topic for today, we are talking about anxiety. Woohoo! <laughs> Do you want to just like intro? Yeah, I'll intro yeah. it. So I think a way that I want to preface this is that everybody has anxiety in different ways. I mean, not every single person deals with it, but I think it's more common than you realize. And um, I know you, Steph, have had very specific instances of anxiety and it's been something you've struggled with forever. Um, or not forever, but like it's, it's yeah, persistent, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, and for myself, it's been sporadic and I'll talk more about that later but I just think it it's something we have to deal with and we have to identify the problem and realize that it's there rather than just pushing it under the rug because it can become a problem for daily life right sure. and I think anxiety is such a spectrum like I think everyone at some point in their lives experiences anxiety and some people might experience it more frequently than others and some might just have it you know if they have a huge speech in front of a hundred people like of course you expect to feel anxious in that situation so I think when it really becomes like, you know, a diagnosis or whatever is when it begins consistently impacting your life. And so right. it's like, it can be a thing that you experience occasionally, or it can be like something you're always struggling with. Like, I feel like it really just depends on the person. Um, so yeah, that's just sort of my perspective on anxiety, but I have noticed that it's been such a topic recently. And I guess a question that I have for you, if I don't know, you might not have an answer, right. but just why do you think anxiety has been so prominent lately, specifically in our culture as millennials or Gen Z, whatever we are, like mm-hmm. why is anxiety taking over? I think that's a really good question because I have, it really frustrates me when people say like anxiety, it's just a made up thing because it used to not exist or like mental health wasn't such a problem so long ago. Yeah. But in my opinion, I really think it's more because we have more ways to deal with it now and we're so much more focused on mental health, which is a good thing. Like, yeah. I don't think it's bad that um, 
it's something that people talk about more. Um, so I would say it's not, it's more prominent now because people make it more of a, a public thing, but I think it always, always existed. Okay. And I really don't think it's something that exists more now. I mean, I guess you could pinpoint the fact that we're so much of, you know, a go, go, go culture. So that might, um, relate to it. But for me, my anxiety I've experienced is not from situational, like, go, go, go. It's just from my head. Right. Um. So I think it's something that's always been there. What about you? What yeah, you I agree with that. I think it has always been a thing for everyone, and now people are just identifying it and making it known, like you said. But also with the culture, I just – I think Brooke Michio tweeted this, or someone tweeted this and I saw it, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's so true, is that, like you were saying, we live in such a culture that really glorifies the hustle. Yeah. And especially being in L.A., it's like you always want to be constantly doing something to better yourself. And – it's like having that pressure can almost result in said anxiety, I guess. I get what you're saying for sure. I yeah. think it is, it's almost, yeah, it's glorified if you're just like in that hustle world. Yeah, and like it's good to have a certain amount of healthy stress, but I think when it starts to make you feel anxious and like you're not doing enough and always worrying if you're, you know, there's something else that you're missing and forgot to do, that's when it can become problematic. Um, but yeah. I think it's just definitely something that people are voicing more frequently now. And I think that's a great thing, definitely, to make it more of an open topic of conversation now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, A question that I have for you, Steph, that I've been thinking about is, um, do you get frustrated, because I know you have dealed with anxiety for a while, that your anxiety doesn't go away? Like, do you feel, like, um, frustrated with God or frustrated in any type of sense that it's just not going away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it comes in such waves. And so right now I'm not really experiencing it that badly. And so, you know, I tend to take it for granted. Like even Mm -hmm. right now, I'm like, wow, I forget that a year ago I was in so much of a worse place. That was not great English, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But it does get frustrating. And I feel like often the times when I break down and cry about it isn't because it just is existing that day. It's because it's been such a constant battle and I have prayed about it. And Fortunately, I haven't really gotten to the point where I've resented God for it because I know that can happen with people. If they're going through tough stuff, they turn that frustration and bitterness towards God. And that hasn't happened to me, which I'm glad. Like, I, I don't good. think it was yeah. intentional even. I just, that hasn't happened to me yet. And so I do think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's just, for me, it's a matter of just kind of accepting it and realizing that it will be a struggle and I will be constantly fighting through it. And I'm not sure if it's going to go away, but just taking it day by day for me. Yeah. I like that, taking it day by day and to realize, as you said, the times when you take it for granted, instead of doing that, praising God and saying, like, I'm in a time of peace right now. This is a good time instead of focusing on the times when, because you can easily pinpoint the times when your anxiety was really bad, but can you pinpoint the times when you weren't experiencing it? So for sure, it's just like to focus on the good. Do you think for you having faith has, has helped minimize your anxiety? Oh, for sure. Um, For me, anxiety has played a role a little bit differently than maybe other people. So um, I am lucky, whereas I feel like I've had a lot of my life without anxiety. And then when it did start happening, I was like, what is going on? I don't understand. Like, I was never an anxious person before. So why is this happening to me now? Um, But just to be able to know, it's such a relief and like, just a great thing for me to know that God is peace and he brings peace. And so it's like anxiety is really the opposite of that. Um, And just leaning on him as a refuge, I feel like it's been such, such a help. 
right about you yeah for me too faith has played such a big role in it and i didn't really realize that until recently because i've dealt with it since high school and i didn't really turn to my faith in high school as a solution or as an outlet Um, But the past few times when I've had job interviews, that's when I've noticed my faith really playing a large role because I'll get so, so nervous about um, going into the interview. And I'll talk a little bit more about my anxiety in a minute. But like for me, obviously, you're expected to be nervous, but it's like next level for me Mm -hmm. for these kinds of things. And I literally panic. And so I was starting to freak out about that. And sometimes I'll play a meditation app in the car and just try and calm myself down as I'm driving to the interview. And then the past couple of times, I've also just said this prayer and I'm like, God, please just speak through me, put your words into my mouth. And if it's meant to go well, like I'm putting that into your hands, that sort of thing. And both times I just felt overwhelming peace in my interview. And I I was like, that that. is a hundred percent from this prayer. And I just felt like, I don't know, with my most recent one, I felt like I was just saying things and I was like, how did that just come out of my mouth? Like, it's just weird. And I'm like, gosh, it's such a result of that. And just, yeah, of course the meditation helped a little bit and like slowing my heart rate, but the actual prayer just gave me this overwhelming sense of peace going into it. And I think that's really what differentiates faith from just other man-made tactics to combat it. I couldn't agree more. I also remember when I had a job interview uh, a couple months ago, I it was a long car ride because I was driving from San Diego to LA and I was listening to worship music and I just felt so much more calm and it was just like a way for me to be able to get ready for the interview. Yeah, worship music gets you, man. It's like <laughs> the best feeling ever. So true. Yeah, um, I guess I think it'd be helpful to talk about our different kinds of anxiety because I feel like for you maybe it's more generalized and impacts your thought processes for versus for me it's more the physical feelings and more sporadic right do you agree with that yeah I do agree um I one thing I wanted to talk about that really just came to me when I was driving today thinking about um my journey with anxiety or in the past when I've experienced it and I remember I believe it was last year I was definitely dealing with anxiety and it had not been uh the case in my life before and so it was really caught me by surprise and just so so hard for me to understand and one instance that I remember is I was at dinner with my family I think it was home for a break during college and I was just talking to my family and like my family they are the people who I am most comfortable with most close with and I literally got choked up I couldn't even speak and I was so anxious and so I just like couldn't I didn't know what was happening. And then after that, I think it was that moment was so triggering that I got nervous and anxious about being anxious. Then after that, I started thinking about job interviews, which I didn't even have for several, several months or later down the line, but I was getting anxious about them coming up and that I wouldn't, if I couldn't speak in front of my family or if I couldn't speak in front of my friends, how would I speak in front of other people? And I just really went down a downward downward spiral and it was so bad and I just remember like it was a feeling and a sense that I had all the time it wasn't like I know Steph experiences it more at specific times but for me when last year when this was going on for a good chunk of time like several several months it was just all the time I had this like pit in my stomach and felt very very anxious what did you feel like were you doubting your future could you not necessarily pinpoint anything I just felt like something I didn't know that was the worst part about it is I didn't understand what I felt and I didn't if somebody asked me what was wrong I didn't know it was just like this aching kind of like uncertain feeling in my body and I never felt uh 
I don't know, confident, or I never felt... Like, grounded? Yes, grounded is uh-huh. the right word. I, di- I just didn't feel at peace at yeah. all. I also totally agree with, or understand where you're coming from when you were saying, like, you were anxious talking to your family, and then you started thinking about with future events. I think that's one of the most frustrating things that occurs with anxiety, is you take these awful moments and feelings and just attribute them, or not attribute them, but project them onto the future. Does that make sense? Like you just immediately think, yeah, you immediately just think that's going to happen in every other scenario. And it was like a one-time thing that happened, but instead you start applying it to every single future interaction that you have and think it's going to be like that. I want to talk about that more when we give some practical advice, but that is so, so true. And that is the what do you call it like the epitome of anxiety or just like Uh that's how anxiety is so dangerous is when it becomes something that you think is who you are instead of just something that happens yeah and like you were saying it's such a cycle where once you hit a certain point it's like you start fearing or being anxious of being anxious and I think that's when it gets really really toxic yes um but for me like Matilda said it's been a little more in waves and a little more sporadic I would I hate like saying I have some disorder, you know what I mean? But, like, I just, in terms of, like, symptoms and experiences, I would say I most closely align with panic disorder, which definitely is more situational. And I tend to be, like, a pretty relaxed person. I don't feel anxious a majority of the time. But it's in high-pressure situations in which the spotlight is on me. That's what I get anxious. Like, I've noticed in classes, at a certain point, I was nervous to take a role. And that's ridiculous. But in certain classes where I would be hidden behind a computer... And I had to talk about myself, you know, in front of the class, but just like sitting at our desk, I would be fine because nobody could see me. But it's just when everybody's eyes are on me, that's when I start freaking out and start panicking. And so how it, I don't know, the experience that it is for me is that this will happen. And then like, for example, the teacher will be like, all right, we're going to go around and talk about ourselves. And then I suddenly think in my head, I have all these irrational thoughts and I'm like, I can't get out of this situation. Like I'm legitimately stuck in this classroom. My eyes immediately search for the exit door in the room. Like this always happens. I'll look to see how I can escape. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get out of here. Like we're going around in a circle. I'm next, I'm next, I'm next. And it's like insane because if it was just like, oh, raise your hand and share about yourself whenever you're ready, I would be 100% fine. But it's when there's a set time in which I need to go and when I need to talk that's when I start panicking. Does that make sense? <laughs> it totally makes sense. And I I know we've talked about this before because, of course, this has happened. But it is such an interesting thing in the way it manifests itself because it's not the idea of speaking or the action. It's just how it, how it unfolds, you know? Yeah. Like, why, uh, it doesn't make sense and it's so irrational and that's why it's so frustrating is because you know in your head that you can speak and yeah. you are fine talking in front of people, but that feeling that you get and that um, anxiety that washes over you is just so out of your control. Right, and it's just that I feel trapped in that space and that I don't have a choice of whether or not that's when I'm going to talk or not. Right. Like, for example, for my sister's wedding, which is coming up, I'm going to be her maid of honor, which I'm so freaking excited about. I can't wait. I know, and I have to give the speech, the maid of honor speech, and I asked her, I was like, Kristen, is it okay if I just kind of at any point in the ceremony decide when I want to give the speech and go up? And she was like, of course, I know, you know, you struggle with this kind of thing. Definitely. Versus if it was like the best man does the speech and then I'm right after, it's like people are expecting me to go next and having that expectation and I just feel stuck. Like I have to start speaking right after this guy finishes talking. I freak out because I feel trapped and it's bizarre. And I feel like it also ties back to the fact that my biggest irrational fear like I don't think about this at all but like if I were to name a biggest fear of mine it would be 
bearing, being buried alive or like something with being trapped. Oh, interesting. And so it's just like the whole idea of being trapped just freaks me out. And so I feel like that's how it manifests through anxiety and just like day-to-day situations. Yeah, it's like you have no other option. Also, I know you've taken um, a couple different medications and also tried therapy. So do you want to address that at all, maybe? Yeah, honestly, I do want to hop back on the therapy wagon because when I first tried it, I didn't like it. But I think it's because I went to a therapist that was not... You know, we didn't mesh. I'm like, no it was just vibe. Weird. Yeah, it's so about, oh my gosh, I've had so many bad experiences and so many good ones. So it really just depends on who you vibe with. Yeah. And she was doing weird things like, I mean, maybe it works for some people. I don't know. But it was some therapy technique where you like tap your hands back and forth and you rethink about past events. And it just oh, like did not work for me. And I was like, what is going on right now? So I didn't love that. But I think therapy in and of itself is so, so helpful. And I would highly recommend doing that if you guys are interested um in terms of medication i have been on like an antidepressant which is essentially an anti-anxiety medication uh for a while now and i have tried weaning off of it and i i don't know it's hard like i don't want to be reliant on medication but at the same time i do feel like it has helped but i also don't know if it's just placebo effect yeah so i'm just kind of working through that and you know i don't want to be on it forever so i'm trying to figure out when's the best time to try weaning off it again. Um, And as you said, if you've been on it for a while, it's hard to know if it's doing anything because you're kind of used to it. And then... And it's scary because, like, sometimes I'm counting on it to, you know, be what's helping me. And then if I go off it, then I don't want to freak out that I don't have it. It's just, I don't know. I don't want it to be a crutch, but I feel like it kind of is. So I'm just trying to work on that. Right. Um, Yeah. So that is it for that question. (laughs) Okay. Well, obviously, what we want to focus on is scripture and how that has affected anxiety so do you want to talk about how that um you're able to lean to that for peace sure so i wrote down a verse in psalm it's psalm 94 18 to 19 and the verse says when i said my foot is slipping your unfailing love lord supported me when anxiety was great within me your consolation brought me joy and that's just a great verse just to give you hope and serve as a reminder that he's got your back and he can take the weight of your anxiety and put it on his shoulders and you know, take that from you. And it's just a matter of handing it over freely and not leaving any residue of it behind in ourselves, which is basically impossible being humans. You know what I mean? Like, it's not easy to just be like, here, God, take all this. And now I'm perfect. Like, it's it's a struggle, but that's just a good hopeful reminder for me. And I do think there is such a power in repeating Bible verses over. And even when I, I used to have a lot of trouble sleeping and just have serious like insomnia. But when I would read a passage over and over and repeat it in my head, oftentimes about peace or being relaxed, something of the sort, then I really think that you start to, um, it starts to come into you and just like affect your Yeah, life, you like so. internalize it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've never really understood or I never really understood back in the day why people memorize scripture, especially at VBS or Awana or just like those different random church programs. I'm like, why am I memorizing this? It's kind of random, but it's so helpful just to have these tools in your back pocket and just to be able to repeat that verse. It's almost like a type of meditation. Just saying it over and over is very calming. Yeah, and to be able to go back and have a scripture in your mind for a situation that you're in. I think it's actually really, really powerful. Yeah. What was your verse in Philippians that you yeah, mentioned? Yeah. Um, this is, it's Philippians 4 through 6. And I feel like this is oftentimes maybe a verse that you guys have heard when people talk about anxiety because I've definitely heard it multiple times. But that being said, I have something to say about it. And I also think it's just 
it's just so great it needs to be said again philippians 4 through 6 so it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and i think that it just oh, wow it just shows that if you have a heart of thanks and of gratefulness and you're praying to god then it can really erase away your anxiety because when it comes down to it gratitude and thanks is the exact opposite of those anxious feelings so if you replace that with thanksgiving because there's so much to be grateful for even in an anxious situation then i think that will overweigh or outweigh the, the anxiety right and i saw something too that said um gratitude leads to happiness not happiness leads to gratitude yes and so it's like Uh you have to be thankful first in order to be joyful as opposed to the other way around like you need to be grateful amidst your trials in life and that's really really hard but that's just what's going to make you a positive and hopeful and joyful person um yeah i love that verse though that was super good something else i found is in matthew 6 and it's verses 25 through 27 it says therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not more is life not more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not, not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life i have always loved that verse i think i heard that one of the first times my sophomore year of college before we ate dinner it as a whole group um and i just remember it really oh, it just affected me so much and i think it is really really powerful for us too in the state of life and the society that we're in right now because everything seems to be so important what you eat what you wear what you drink like there's just so many things that can cause us anxiety and ultimately it's like none of that matters right and what stuck out to me too is the last line that says um you can't add a single hour to your life by worrying. Totally. And I just think that, like, honestly, when you look back and just um, dwell in those past situations, there's legitimately no point to doing that. And I saw something that was like, you're just reliving that, reliving that situation again. You know what I mean? Like, if you think back on some moment that made you anxious and are just dwelling on that, you're literally experiencing the same thing again when you only had to experience it once. You could, you know, take that and turn around from it and just move along or you could just keep reliving it over and over and that sucks (laughs) completely i want to can we move into do you have any other verses no no let's do advice so i want to move into advice and um some tips that we have and that really leads perfectly into what i was going to say and it's do not overanalyze the unknown and that is so much easier said than done but i think if you think about it as like you will never know and you can continue and continue to try to figure out what it is and where your head is supposed to be but there's it's just wasting your time like there is no point in going through and just nitpicking every single detail and i saw i've heard of this i think my mom said this like a really really long time ago when i was young um but i saw it in a different context where it was called the five for five rule and it was saying if you're not going to remember it in five years don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it now wow i love that yeah and it just goes to show that there is really really no point in putting your energy into something that you will not remember later down the line that's so true and for me another tip that i actually learned in therapy is like to envision anxiety and these spiraling thoughts like you know the image of a tornado in your head like a little spiral going downwards 
And just as your thoughts are spiraling out of control, just envision yourself. Oh my God, I can't talk in this podcast. (laughs) Just envisioning yourself taking a pair of scissors and like cutting off that thought before it starts spiraling down. Like literally just snip it and be like, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to think about this right now. And then also just viewing thoughts as like clouds drifting by, like, yeah, it's going to be in your head, just acknowledging that it's there and then just letting it pass by, like cutting it out and just letting it move along. And don't freak out that you're having that thought. Just kind of notice your consciousness and be like, oh, I'm having this thought right now. That's fine. It's starting to spiral. I'm acknowledging this. I'm going to cut it out and just let it float by. I think that's the biggest thing that I have had to do too is I freak out when I have a thought. But the reality is it's just a thought. Like it's there and it's not going to kill you. And even if you acknowledge that it's there, that's fine. Like you shouldn't be mad at yourself for thinking something. Um, And something, I saw this on a bumper sticker like a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. And it said, don't believe everything that you think. And yeah, it's true. Our thoughts are literally 99% lies. They are. And I remember I was having the worst negative thoughts at that time. And I was questioning everything. And it was all things that I knew weren't true, but I was thinking about them. And when I saw the bumper sticker, I was like, Jesus, you put that bumper sticker there for me. It was so, it's just like, you are not your thoughts. Remember that you are not your thoughts. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Another piece of advice I have is when you have anxious feelings, just to embrace them, like the actual physical symptoms or even thoughts too. But you know, if your heart is racing, oftentimes in the past, I would start to panic because of that. And then that would make things worse. And my heart would start to beat faster. But what I've learned is to just be like, that's fine. That's what my body's doing. It's just a physical reaction. It's just extra adrenaline, whatever. Like it's happening to me. I'm not going to focus on it because when you start focusing on it and worrying about it, that's when it's going to escalate and keep getting worse. So just embracing it as it is, not trying to push it away because then you start becoming hyper aware of everything and even trying to destroy the fear that you have for it. So if your heart is racing, sometimes I'll tell myself, I'll be like, all right, like beat faster, get me, like make me not, or <laughs> make, me, make me pass out. You know what I mean? And I'll just exactly. tell myself this and then I'm not scared of it anymore because I'm like, it's fine. Like your heart is racing. That's what it's supposed to do, you know? Yeah, you actually do not want to force yourself to feel a certain way. Like if your heart yes. is beating, you're like, don't beat, don't beat. Like that's not, not ever going to make it not beat. Yeah. And it's like, that's the natural reaction, at least for me, because I'm like, exactly. I don't want this. I don't want this. And I start panicking and it's like, you just have to let it go and just realize that that's what's happening to you. And it's just physical symptoms and you're going to be fine. Yeah. I feel like you should ride with it and then the wave will eventually pass. Right. Another couple tips I have are just for going into things like job interviews or just other stressful situations where you're just feeling nervous naturally. Um, A couple of things that I've learned, number one, like we were talking about worship music, it's just so, so great to listen to and just singing along to and just really feeling God's presence there. One of my favorite songs is called Surrounded, in parentheses, Fight My Battles by Michael W. Smith. I love that song. So good. And one of the lyrics, so it says, this is how I fight my battles. And then it says, um, when I feel, wait, wait. What does it say? This is how I fight my battles. It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) I knew what you were talking about. Yes. And it's like, yeah, so often we feel so surrounded and trapped by all these things in life and all these anxieties and worries, but just remembering that we're surrounded by God and that's so, so much more powerful. And so in this song, they just constantly repeat those lines. And it's like we were saying, like that meditation and just repeating Bible verses or repeating these lyrics is so, so soothing. So if you are just feeling nervous, I recommend listening to that song and just internalizing the lyrics. Also, we used to do this in my public speaking class in freshman uh, freshman year of college, and it cracks me up, but it honestly, 
is scientifically, or I feel like they have some statistic about how this works, but power poses, just striking up a pose with your hands on your hips or even whatever it may be, make yourself big and make yourself tall and stand that way. You can also do breathing exercises and just embody that big, strong person before you have some speech or event or whatever it may be. And you can even just like run into the bathroom and do that in the stall. You know, like when you have an interview, just do that and you'll feel in control and like you're the bigger person in the situation. Final thing I wanted to know is a quote from Twitter, the best source for inspiration. (laughs) And this is a quote from a nice man named Tom Bilyeu. (laughs) I just screenshot this. It says, the meaning that you give things is far more important than the event itself. You can actually change the neurochemical reaction you have to a past event by simply changing the meaning you assign to it. Wow, Tom is very insightful. I know, Tom, my man, I just would like to say this is excellent. And it's like we were saying earlier, like how you can keep reliving events over and over when you worry about them and just dwell on the past. But you can also, on the flip side of things, 100%, like assign a new meaning to these events and, you know, see the silver lining in it and not relive those anxious feelings over and over again, but instead change the way that you view it and not worry if that happens again in the future. That's really good. Wow, I am very impressed. Did you just randomly come across that or? Well, one of my coworkers reposted it oh, on Instagram and then yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, let's go on to the challenge, our final part of the podcast. Let's do it. Which is um every time that an anxious thought crosses your head this week, instead of focusing on the thought, pray to God and say one thing you're thankful for and just thank him for Maybe it is your family or your friends or whatever the case may be, but use that energy um, towards something good instead of, you know, dwelling on that anxiousness. Yeah, and that's something that I've sort of done. I think it's a cool way to view anxiety or anxious thoughts is I've kind of tried to use it as like a little alarm clock and view it as a positive thing. So if some ancient, ancient, (laughs) if some anxious thought pops in my head, I'm like, oh, there's a reminder to pray. And viewing that as like, oh, I needed that reminder. Thank God that just happened to me. You know what I mean? Totally. As opposed to freaking out that you're having that thought. I'm like, oh, there's my natural reminder. And like, obviously that's not what it is, but like you're changing the meaning, like I was saying with that quote and turning it into that and just really being grateful in that moment, I think changes your perspective on everything. Yeah, it is altering the meaning because that's how I, my head works too all the time is these little nagging thoughts that I have. And it, as you said, it's like an alarm clock or this system that goes off, but just deciding what it's going to be about. What's your alarm clock going to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Is it going to say, I'm thankful for this, or I want to pray to God about this, or is it going to say, let's overanalyze this thing for 10 hours? Yeah, not worth it. Well, that is it for our podcast on anxiety today, but we really, really love to talk about mental health and want to keep it in open conversation as it has been. So please feel free to ask us any more questions you may have, and we can address that on a future episode. But thank you guys so much for listening today. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And if you guys are dealing with anxiety right now, I want you to know I genuinely, I know this from the bottom of my heart that it is not permanent. It's temporary and it will get better. And I just have so much faith and hope that the peace will come. Me too. Mm -hmm. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, guys. There is. You got this. Okay. Love you. Talk to you guys next Monday. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.